This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You have your live Wednesday live show. God, you totally threw me off my rhythm. That was the best. Mariana. That's as good as Frankie. She was like, she was like, jumped up and down. She's like, yay, go. And I'm like, go. And she's like, no, not go. Like, just like, go. Like, do a good job. I was like. You know what? We'll shoot another intro. (laughs) You know what? Just keep this one. Who cares? We're on episode 604. Jason, we can do whatever we want at this point in time. True. Just how about you just give me the whole hour? I can just take my shirt off and uh, make everyone else feel much better about themselves. I'm just going to review uh an age of sigmar order battle tone i like it that will do for the phone i like it i like it we should also then review some fan fiction romantic fan fiction Mm -hmm. of age of sigmar characters sure we all write it (laughs) i did write it (laughs) i was hoping i could get an audience build an audience for it (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a lot lot you can do with stormcast oh man it's it's exciting stuff and then when you mix in uh, you know, little elf action, maybe, you know, the forces of chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, Slanesh. Slanesh, it's, it writes itself. You, you don't really have to do anything. You just need the word Slanesh. And then, okay, <laughs> and then you you're good. Imagine the tentacles. You're good. I, I think, I think the, the audience can fill in the blanks okay. there, buddy. You don't need to go too far with it. I'm already working on the story in my head. So at any rate, hey, welcome to Signals <laughs> from the Frontline. You're every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. So good to talk to everybody. We hope you all enjoy the show. And of course, if you can't catch us live on Twitch, you can always catch the podcast and the video cast on YouTube. Check us out. Our mom says that we're pretty cool. We do one have a singular one. It's one of our two viewers. One of our viewers. Hi, mom. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so anyway, let's uh, dive in. We have a lot to cover today uh, in the show. So first of all, news, uh, new GW releases this week. We have uh, quite a few Different items, uh, Necromunda, we have a new gang, Cawdor, which is an old favorite if anybody played Necromunda in its previous uh, edition. Mm-hmm. And then there's quite a few new Age of Sigma releases for the Night Haunts and Stormcast Eternals since they are featured in the starter set. So jump in, grab those at a discount, and also remember free shipping for orders $99 and up within the continental United States from the FLG web store, which is store.frontlinegaming.org. Yep, just go to the pre-order section. It's nice. Yep. First thing you'll see... You'll see all the uh, weekly pre-orders Yep. GW. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do really like some of these new kits. Mm-hmm. The Night Haunts, like, even though they all look really similar, they're, they do still have a lot of character, right? Like, yeah. there's only so many ways you can do a ghost, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really do like the, these new executioners and all the cool stuff that they got going on. Yeah, so, I was going through the, their Battle Tome um, a couple nights ago, and they can just, their characters just buff units insanely. That's so, awesome. Like, you can take like five of their little like ghost characters. They have like an executioner, a guy with like a lantern, and all this stuff. Um, put them behind like a, just a big blob of like their sword guys, and you can get them up like plus one, plus two to hit, plus one, plus two to wound, reroll hits, reroll wounds, all from these characters, and it's just big aura abilities. That's awesome. It's just yeah, it's a really cool way to do it. Um, it's crazy how many models are in that line for Night Hunt. It's grown from like one unit into yeah. a full-fledged army. Right. So, and then a lot of these new easy-to-build characters are coming out, which is pretty cool to see as well. Super low cost on them. Yeah, like you know, thirty bucks for like a character on a mount. And night haunts are also one of the easiest armies to paint in the game because yes. you can just make them look like a ghost, like just Scott. Spray them white, hit him with a blue glaze or a green. Glaze. And then dry brush them, and you're pretty yeah. much done. It's 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 awesome. It's a great way to get into the game. It's also a, a forgiving army to play. Uh, they can do mortal wounds all over the place. They're really tough. You ignore Ren characteristics. Yeah. So, so you really don't have to worry about people's crazy shenanigans. You're like, cool, well, I'm just going to roll my, my normal save. My normal save anyway. They and then, of, then of course, you always take a Morngul because, you know, mm-hmm. Forge Rule is always making it spicy. Yeah. Morngul's are great. You, you never know what's going to come uh, when you throw Forge Rule in the mix. Yeah. But uh, really good army. Check it out. And, of course, Stormcast Eternals. They're the Space Marines of Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Super popular. And the new units coming out for them. Uh, I like to tease a little bit, but but all jokes aside... The new uh, Sorcerer's Calvary, they're awesome. I've always loved... Dude, those models are so good. I've always liked the aesthetic. And the cool thing is this week they're releasing... It's the unnamed um, 
siege guy, engineer. The ordinate ordinaturus yes. eater. Yeah. Something like that. Because the guy that was before it is an actual named character. Yep. Um, you can, of course, use him as just your basic guy. But, um, yeah, pretty cool. I like how they have variants of each of the different classes of heroes. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. And a really cool model, of course. Buffs up your artillery. Gives him plus one to hit, which is insane. So if you play Order, you may want to pick up this guy, even if you don't play Stormcast Eternals at all. Yeah. I did, because uh, I'm a cheesy git, and he's going to go stand next to my free people's artillery and yeah. help them devastate all who stand before me. We may not be big, we may, may not be strong, may not have all our teeth, mm -hmm. but we have but you hit on twos? big cannons, baby. Yeah, they hit on twos. Gunpowder. Even when you get charged. <laughs> Love oh, it. Love it. I can't believe they didn't tone down the Overwatch, but... I think they just forgot it was there. Yeah. I, it's devastating. Too late. We already printed it. Yep. So, hey, if you're a free people's player, enjoy it while you can. And the Stormcast have really good artillery. Yeah. They, well, they, the, do, the they heavy, do They now. have the quad bolters. The quad heavy bolter. Yeah. I mean, bolt thrower. It's the same exact it's thing. It looks, yeah. You could use it for 40k. It would look fine. You, do, you actually could. Put it on like some track wheels or something. Yeah. yeah. And just cut off the crossbow parts. Mm -hmm. But uh, great looking models. Check them out. Grab them if you are so inclined. Mm -hmm. Also, big news for us. We released a new FLG mat. This one is called Asphalt. It's very aptly named mm -hmm. because it is all asphalt. Now, don't uh, think it's a very a plain mat. It's not. It's yeah. extremely detailed. And it has a lot of really cool little bits and bobs and features on there to make it uh, unique, to f make you feel immersed into the gameplay experience. But this comes as a, re a result of popular requests. Mm -hmm. People were saying, hey, uh, really like the urban mats, but don't want any roads at all. That way I can put terrain anywhere I want mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And it gives you more freedom because we basically made uh, Urban Ruin right. for just because as a response to that. But then people were saying they wanted even more freedom yeah. to place their terrain. So here you go, asphalt. Uh, you can put buildings anywhere on it. You can put mm -hmm. any kind of terrain features on it, and it'll look very cool. Check it out. It's available in all the size mats that we currently make. 6x4, 6x3, 4x4, 3x3, and 24x14. The display mat, which if yeah. you haven't seen those yet, definitely check them out. We have classical display boards, yeah. and they're magic size mats, mm -hmm. so you could also use them to play magic on if you're so inclined. Yep. Um, they're collapsible. And, yep. So yep. no more, uh, you know, looking for a trash can lid when you're at the event, or swiping one from McDonald's, or, or using something your like that. your codexes. We've all done that. Yeah. And they fall right over. Just you can check these yeah. out. It's a very affordable price, and the display trays break down. You can put them in your mm -hmm. backpack. They'll fit inside most army bags yeah. uh, on purpose. And then if you're uh, going to your next event, pull it out, put it together, throw your yeah. mat on there. It looks great. It, I mean, this would be a perfect mat, too, for other games like uh, Bolt Action. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a completely ruined, destroyed cityscape. So, like, if you put up, like... It's actually not that battle damage. It has, like, oil stains and stuff on it. But it's really, it's... like, jumbled. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like it's, like, just a... You, you could use it for uh, the, the a war-torn setting or not. Right. Like, it actually works perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Like, if you put complete buildings on it, it would look totally normal. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think you're just, from the image that you're seeing... I'm looking at our, the stock image that we have behind it. With oh, that's the just superimposed, one that Mariana threw on there. Superimposed. Okay. <laughs> good. Anyways, it's good for all games. It is. Good yeah, it for Warzone. Be... Nobody plays Warzone. It's good for Drop Zone Commander. People actually play that, and... The scale, the scale, would, it would work for drop zone, actually. It worked really sure. well. The scale might be a little off, but that's for only for people that are OCD about it, like myself. Mm -hmm. I think for most people, you wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. Like, that crack looks too big. I yeah, but that's like an earthquake crack. Yeah. From a, from a Frankenstein. <laughs> Perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a narrative. That's going in the erotic I, fan fiction I, tonight. Good. I like it. I'm I already working wait. on it. I can't wait to read that first draft alone in a dark room. Mm -hmm. In the bathroom. The candle lit. So Adeptus uh, Titanicus is on a candle, a votive candle. <laughs> in the bathtub. <laughs> the bubble bath. Yeah. There's a lot going on. That's why I like to read my erotic fan fiction. A space marine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, how else can you read it? Yeah. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus has been announced by Games Workshop. This game has been generating a lot of excitement uh, ever since we got sneak previews of it several years ago. And it's almost here uh, we've actually had a preview copy. Can't talk about it just yet, but we will soon. It looks very cool, mm -hmm. uh, very exciting game. And uh, this should be coming out in the very near future. If you want to get some more details, go over to Warhammer Community mm -hmm. site, and uh, they're starting to do their preview articles, letting you know a little bit more about it, showing off some of the models, mm -hmm. uh, which you can see in the show notes. Very, very cool. Uh, I can't wait to play it. So out the gates, uh, it's, it's fairly limited. It's set during the Horus Heresy, and it's all Titans versus all Titans. 
Uh, but I have to tell you, I've got the Warlord Titan sitting on my desk right now, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah, we put one together. It's about half the size of an Imperial Knight. It stands about six inches tall. Yeah. Yeah. So it's big. Yeah. It, no, it's There's it's a lot of really big. To it it's, too. it's it's like the size of a of a Warglaive, if not a little bigger. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, just looking at all the pictures that you can see, like the buildings and everything, it's gonna be a really really fun game. The uh, the knights are about the size of like a Terminator, mm -hmm. to give you uh, an idea of scale. Um, and roughly, it's translate to an eight millimeter scale. So a, a space marine would be, you know, teeny tiny, but uh, really cool. And then the old epic was six millimeter, mm -hmm. so it's thirty three percent bigger than that. Which I like. I like it a little yeah, bit bigger than epic. Epic was a bit. I could have gone small. for a ten millimeter scale personally, but yeah. eight eight's cool. Like drops from commander is ten millimeter. Okay. So it's smaller. It's twenty five percent smaller than that, but. Yeah. Uh, or 20% smaller, excuse me. So, really exciting. And who knows, if this sells really well, mm -hmm. who knows, we, maybe we get some like Xenos. Like a Warhound Titan, or like other variants of the different Titans. They, they we, possibly. There might already be a Warhound yeah, Titan. Yeah, if it sells well. There might already be one on release, buddy. Oh, see, I don't even know. See. So, we'll get more information in the coming days. Uh, by the time most of you are paying attention to this, it'll already be uh, It'll be up. So, it'll be up for pre-order on Saturday. Yep. And I think it's just a one-week pre-order. I don't think it's the, the two-week that they do sometimes. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, they've already announced the pre-order dates. Right, but they haven't announced everything in it. So it's going to uh -huh. be really exciting to see what comes. I am, am pumped. Uh, I would love to see Epic make a comeback. Um, of course, we have no idea if that's going to happen or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, stay tuned. And if you like it, buy it. Because if enough of us buy it, uh, we might be seeing They who will knows? support it. Yeah. They will support things that stuff. sell. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So keep that in mind when you're like, eh. Uh, dude, I would love nothing more than to have a full Astra Militarum like company. Infantry is difficult to do at that scale. Yeah, they come on little bases where there's like five dudes, ten dudes on a base. If they made like round bases and put like five, yeah, like a few guys on there, I think it would look good. But remember, the epic scale was so small. Was I mean, like, that's exactly what they did with epic. They put they had little rectangle bases and right. they put like five guys on it. But I think if it was a little bit bigger, like it this is. scale, as we just yeah. said, it's thirty three percent bigger. Yeah. Okay. Cut that out. <laughs> Mariano, Mariano redline that timestamp. Oh, Frankie, where are you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see uh, what the community's reaction to it is. They already announced that there's three ways to play, uh, open play, narrative play, match play. So that's already telling you that they think that the, the game's got legs. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm really excited to, to talk more about it and to see what everybody else feels about it because I think it's going to be very popular. Yeah. We want to throw a huge congratulations and a shout out to Team USA. They just won the ETC, which is a really big deal. For those of you who are not familiar with what the ETC is, it is the European Team Championships. You have teams of eight plus a coach from all around the world, one team per country, FIFA style, come together to play and compete until there is only one team left standing. And this year, for the first time ever, Team America won. And we want to throw a big shout out to them. The guys worked really, really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm friends with, with all these guys, yeah. uh, some of them extremely well. And we're really, really proud of the effort that they put forth. Because not only did they win, um, they were the first team, to my knowledge. Now, I, I've been getting some conflicting reports. But I believe they are the first team to ever throw up uh, 12 tournament points. They went undefeated. They won every single round. Mm -hmm. And not only that, they were in the top three for sportsmanship as well. So they were kicking butt, and they were representing their country uh, in regards to being good sports really well. So super proud of them. Uh, well done, guys. Previously, the best we ever did was a third-place finish, and that was many, many years ago, back when Ben Moley was the coach, mm -hmm. so, or uh, was the captain. So well done, guys. And then a big shout-out also to Denmark, who got uh, second place, and Scotland, who got third place. Both. Nice. Uh, neither one of those countries typically, uh, to my knowledge, that's the best either of them have ever done. Right. Uh, both small countries. Mm -hmm. So well done. Uh, sounds like they all kick butt. And interestingly, uh, Denmark was the number one sportsman team. So, mm -hmm. again, playing well and being a gentleman, which is yeah. something that the community really needs right now. What, uh, where, was it, where was it held this year? It was in Croatia. Okay. Is it yeah. always the same spot, or does it change? Yeah. It's, it's a different country every year. Nice. It, it's, it's a tough. The model that they have is really mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult. So it's like, imagine like your country gets uh, the opportunity to host the event, mm -hmm. and you then 
you know, might have a brand new crew that's never run a tournament like this before. Right. And now you're running a gigantic mm -hmm. event because they don't do just a 40K teams event. That's the flagship, mm -hmm. but they do a 40K singles. Um, they do tons of different games. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. Like, you're basically jumping into, like, year three of the LVO. Right. And maybe with a crew that's never done it before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they do They have the ups and downs. Like, some years <clears throat> things go a little uh, – logistically, they have some challenges for understandable reasons, mm -hmm. but it sounds like this year was was really just great. All the reports coming out of it are super positive. One of the big big memorable moments was in a stream game, uh, a player Pallone, I, I believe is his last name, from Team Spain, was in a really similar situation to what we had at the LVO with Tony Grappondo and Alex Fennell. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Nick Nonavati, uh, Nick forgot to declare something. His opponent then said, you know, I don't want to win by basically being a dick. Yeah. Go ahead and go for it. And everyone was applauding as, you know, exemplary sportsmanship, which is cool because this is extremely high-level competition mm -hmm. and uh, the players are still conducting themselves like gentlemen, which is great because we've been getting a lot of that lately mm -hmm. as a nice reaction to uh, some of the crappy sportsmanship that we've been getting mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, the last year. So right. it's great to see that. Yeah. Congratulations, Team USA. You boys did us proud. Great job. A victory for freedom, for the American way. For Eagles. Eagles, Ford, Ford F-150s, truck nuts, roundhouse kicks, Denny's, Denny's, definitely Denny's, a lot of good stuff, light beer, yeah, that's not even us anymore though, anyways, we sold yeah. Budweiser, <laughs> like a German company, oh, yeah, there's like a German conglomerate that owns <clears throat> yeah. like most of the breweries well, in the world, you know. so well done boys, uh, congratulations, and we can't wait to see you all do it again next year. Speaking of really awesome, cool tournaments, the LVO 2019 continues to build in its awesomeness like a juggernaut. Yep. Can't stop us. Mm-mm. It's going to be... try. Don't get out of our way. Yes. You're just going to get squished. Like the rhino. It's, or mm. like anybody else, and it's we're Team USA. Yeah, we're the juggernaut. Just smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're adding kill teams by popular demand to our list of events. Those tickets will be up in the web cart this week. We're also adding Drop Zone and Drop Fleet Commander. Uh, they reached out to us, they're on board. Nice. So keep your eye open for that. And our Flames of War event was named the West Coast National mm -hmm. event. Tickets have been selling really quickly for that ever since that announcement came out. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to participate in Flames of War and or Team Yankee, please grab those tickets quickly. Very cool. And we have some more really exciting uh, news just around the corner, but mm -hmm. we'll wait to talk about that until it's finalized. Yeah. But uh, we have some really cool other... Uh, uh, game, uh, other news for other games that's uh, mm -hmm. uh, just about to be finalized. Yeah, non-GW games that are just going to be huge, huge events. Yeah, yeah. going to be very exciting. And the SoCal Open, that's the next big event for us. Mm -hmm. So now that the BAO is behind that's us, crazy. and that was a great event, a lot of fun, mm -hmm. the SoCal Open is the next opportunity to go to an FLG event, earn a lot of points. Mm -hmm. It's also at the end of October, which after that, when you roll into November and December and mm -hmm. uh, early January, you're in the holiday, yeah. uh, the holiday period of time. So <clears throat> the season really slows down in those months. The SoCal Open is going to be one of your last opportunities to put mm -hmm. up a big ITC score. So yep. please grab your tickets. It's already significantly larger than it was last year. Mm -hmm. It's already way bigger than the BAO. Uh, it's going to be one of the biggest events in the country. So if you do want to come, please grab those tickets. So it's Del Mar. Yeah, it's lovely. Yep. So San Diego in October is gorgeous. It's one of the best times of the year to come. Everyone thinks it's the summer. It's not. It's the mm -hmm. fall is the best time of the year in San Diego. It's actually hot as hell right now. Yeah, we're, we're about a mile from the coast, maybe, and it's still, at the most, and it's still about 95 degrees. Yeah. So just go inland a bit. Yeah, when you go because <laughs> San Diego's a desert, so when you yeah. go like five six miles away from the ocean, mm -hmm. it gets uh, it's well over really hot right yeah. now. Yeah, and it's it's humid here too. The, it, by the water, the water is. temperature has um, been the highest recorded. Yeah, we have record breaking, which is not good heat, and we have some gnarly forest fires going on right now. California, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a mess. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Everyone's like, oh, you're complaining about San Diego, but yeah, it's 95 degrees on the coast. Yeah. That is hot. And we don't like, Sorry if you live in Arizona, it's 150. Yes, it's hotter there. Yeah, but they're, they're used to it there. Like here, like my apartment does not have heating or air conditioning. No, apartments generally don't. The old yeah. ones do not come with either. Yeah. Because you didn't need it. You just open or close your window. <laughs> so it's been a little rough. It's been a little rough. Like when I'm yeah. cooking dinner or Most something like that, I'm just yeah. sweating profusely. Oh, it's brutal. Yep. But uh, I know the people in places where it's really, really hot are just laughing Roll at their us. eyes, yeah. yeah. At least you have AC. Don't even have AC. And it's dry. It's not humid. Yeah. Unless you live in Florida. 
Let's just do a, a weather podcast every oh, day. Why not? Check in. Let's weather check in. And then, of course, in other news, we have a big event coming up on the horizon, the Nova Open, one of the uh, largest events in the United States of America, one of the largest 40K events in the world, actually. But they have all kinds of other really cool stuff going on. If you can't make it to the event, which we are going, uh, Jason's not, but the rest of the crew will be there. I will be playing in the Open and the Invitational. Uh, make sure to put your money on this guy. Gonna mm. be fun. Nah. But make sure to tune in and watch the stream because those of you who are inquiring... Where's Frankie going? Yeah. Well, it's okay to talk about it now. Uh, Frankie, Mariana, and Jeff will be working with GW as a part of their official stream team. Yep. And their debut event is going to be the Nova Open. So mm -hmm. make sure to tune in, show support, check out the stream. They're going to be working directly with GW as uh, members of the Warhammer community team. Yep. Uh, does that mean that they don't associate with Frontline Gaming anymore? No. Uh, Frankie's still here. Mariana's still here. But uh, they will be doing this as well, so mm -hmm. really cool. Jeff's still playing video games in his house all day? Yep, still messing around with Barristan. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to be really, really fun. So please show your support. Uh, if it's a success, which we believe it will be, there will be more of this exciting stuff to yep. come. Uh, but let's make sure this first one is great, so make sure to tune in. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, can you refresh the page, please? So ITC, exciting stuff right around the corner. I know a ton of people have been asking about it. Hey, when are we going to see those new and updated missions? Well, they're going to be done this week. Uh, nice. we, we had to get BAO over and done and behind us, give plenty of time for feedback. And now we're working on those updating, uh, updating the missions. And we're going to get those out to you this week. I know a bunch of TOs have been hitting me up like, mm -hmm. hey, hey, when are we going to get it? People have events coming soon. Mm -hmm. They want to know which mission pack they're going to be using. <clears throat> totally fair. So uh, this is exciting, right? So a couple of big structural things. You've been hearing us talking about making some pretty significant changes like uh, going turn by turn instead of you know, adding points. And while I believe in that idea, and I think it's a good idea, as a wise man once told me, you don't switch horses midstream. All right? mm -hmm. There's no reason to do a big structural change in the middle of the season. And yeah. that kind of just dawned on me the other week. I was like, wait, what? Why are we talking about doing this midseason? That does not make sense. Yeah, it would make more sense being in like March. It would make more sense starting the new yeah. season with it. So yeah. any big, big changes like that, like completely changing the way we score, you know, tournament missions and such, let's wait until after the current season, and then we can look at doing that because that just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. So mid-season here, we're right in the middle. Uh, we're going to just do a fine-tuning based on player feedback. So thank you to everybody that submitted your feedback. It was really good. There was a ton of data in there, and I, want, I pulled out some of the more interesting uh, data points to share with everybody. So generally speaking, you all told us that you really enjoy the ITC missions, but you do feel that there's room for improvement. No problem. Mm -hmm. So on a scale of one to five, uh, voting uh, five being uh, the best, one being the worst, how much do you like the ITC missions? The most common vote was a four out of five. So B, mm -hmm. Bs make degrees. That's how we graduated. Boom. Also uh, Cs. C, yeah, yeah. Minuses. Also true. 49.6% uh, of you responded uh, four out of five, so half. That's great. That means you like them. There's room for improvement. Next most popular was a five out of five with 31%. Nice. So we've already covered 80, 81% of the voters, right? Mm -hmm. So the vast majority of you really like the missions. Yeah, our, uh, RVD one of a kind was the, uh, the one guy. He was the one. Yeah. Well, interestingly, uh, so then next was 13.3%, so yeah. they gave it a, a three, a C. Mm -hmm. uh, and then next was a one followed by a two. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like there wasn't very many people that gave us a D. They just went straight to F. But then you're talking those combined are only eight uh, percent, mm -hmm. or nine. Excuse me, nine percent of the of everybody that voted, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's less than two percent of the people didn't like them. Uh, that's a really solid win, right? People are enjoying them. That's great. That's mm -hmm. the most important. That is the most important metric. Are you enjoying playing them? Yes. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now we know we don't have to scrap them and start over. Right. Uh, so then the next important data point uh, was, do you like the primary missions, which is the, the part, if I may take a little pride of ownership, it was the part I liked the most because mm -hmm. I felt that it was easy and, and straightforward and fun. The scoring and, on each turn and each game turn. Well, it's, it's turn did you kill turn. a unit? Did you kill yeah. more than your opponent? Did you hold an objective? Hold an opponent? Yeah. 89% of you said you liked it. Mm -hmm. Great. Right? We're going to round that up and call it an A. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or a, B, a solid B+. Plus. Graded on a curve. Yeah. Right, that's great. That means the vast majority of you really are enjoying playing the, the main mission and the feedback on that, like almost down the line, the feedback was it's easy, mm -hmm. it makes sense, it represents the main things you do in yeah. the game, I like it, you know, it's simple, it's easy. <laughs> you know, like everyone was like, yeah, cool, I dig it, 
That's great. So sweet. No changes is coming there. Cool. Uh, most popular scenario. 34% of you said that your favorite scenario was scenario six, precious cargo. For those of you who don't remember the names, that's the four objective scenario where each player chooses one to be their priority objective and you can move it a little bit. And that's the one you have to defend or attack. Mm -hmm. uh, that, I was pretty happy to see that because that was my favorite mission too. It's not only my favorite to play, but it, when I was writing it, I felt like this is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, and the feedback from everybody was, was positive. So it's always nice when your instincts are correct because yeah. that's not always the case. Here's a really funny one though. Only 2% of you said your favorite scenario was scenario four. And that's the two uh, nine inch control zones. Mm -hmm. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bad. 2% uh, liked that one the most. That's, that's, what do you think the reason was? That's not, it? that's no degree there. Yeah. It's the most different from all the other scenarios. Where it's, it's actual number of units yeah. that, and secured doesn't. And I don't, I don't think that the different way I you studied score, up for this podcast. Oh, thank, you like that? That good, was pretty good. Good, I like it, dude. Yeah. Zing it like, wow. like Zeus hurling down thunderbolts from Mount Olympus. Keep it up. Webster's Dictionary defines objective four. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was pretty bad, and yeah. I don't like some people don't like the fact that it makes uh, obsec um, irrelevant in that specific mission. Right. But mo the the biggest point of feedback there was people felt that it um, turned into a kill point game mm -hmm. because you're almost always going to hold yours, your opponent's almost always going to hold theirs unless you're just creaming them anyway. Mm -hmm. So, and you know that's that's a fair point of feedback. Uh, and on the reverse of this, the least popular scenario, a whopping 50.6% of the votes said that mission that we were just talking about was their least, their least favorite. <clears throat> and uh, only 2.4% of the voters said scenario three was the one that offended them the, the least, mm -hmm. or the most, excuse me, and that was Nexus Control with four static objectives. So um, uh, clearly scenario uh, four is not popular. That one's going to be changing significantly. Mm -hmm. um, what, I've, what we're working on right now is changing it to a five objective mm -hmm. scenario so i'm a little ocd about things being symmetrical mm -hmm. which i just can't, can't help it <laughs> the penguin always faces southwest jason i don't get that it's from misery that's when she breaks both of his ankles i've actually never seen that movie oh, it's after he breaks both of yeah because yeah. he bumps the penguin and that's how she knows he was moving around the house because the oh. penguin always faces the same direction i've never seen her that ocd movie. is so hardcore interesting oh my god i've been saying that for years and you never got it no I thought you were just an old crazy man. <laughs> Thanks. That's also true. It's an old saying from Reese. That's, an old, that's also true. Just ignore it. I just put my headphones on. Um, so obviously scenario two is not very popular, but what we're looking at is changing it to a five uh, scenario, a uh, five objective scenario. Let us know um, your feedback on that one. Not that there's very much time left, but um, the way we're, we're playing with it right now and it's looking to be pretty good is there's going to be one objective in the exact middle of the table the other two players place the other two objectives because a lot of the feedback we got was I'd like to have more scenarios where the players place objectives. Easy to do. Mm -hmm. Totally cool. Um, and that way you have control over the placement of two objectives. There's one in the exact middle, so it's always fair. There's always an even distribution unless mm -hmm. you want to overload your opponent's side with objectives. Mm -hmm. um, and that way you have two, four objective missions, two, five objective missions, one, three, one, six. I, my my uh, my need for symmetry is scratched there, and I think that that satisfies a lot of the conditions. Um, what if we went objectives were from the the missions? So mission one would be one objective, then two, <laughs> three, four, five, six. One objective missions don't work, as we saw with. Uh, yeah, the uh, relic. The relic. Just make it great, and then you could just put a castle and knight on top. I of mean, it. that's basically what GW did, mm -hmm. right? But the thing is, is the way the way the way it kind of plays out is that people prefer the more. Uh, the higher number of objective missions were universally the most popular. Yeah. I think it's important I agree. to have yeah. some with low, like three I think is as low as we can go based on player feedback because yeah. uh, be below that it does turn into a kill point mission. I think that's a fair right. critique. Because they're going to sit on theirs, you're going to sit on yours, yep. most likely have a tank element where you're just going to sit back. Yep. And then the whole time you're going to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to protect mine and I'm going to snipe at you. It becomes yeah. really hard to score more objectives than your most opponent. Of their opponent. Most of their stuff's going to be on their objective, so like getting to there effectively is not really that possible either. So. It's very difficult. Yeah. Whereas the three objective <clears throat> mission that we have right now is really is popular. I like, th I like three objectives. Yeah. That's and my favorite. So, and it's because the objective's right in the middle of the table, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, it's totally fair. You can go grab it. 
play aggressively. Park a, a Stormlord on top of it. Exactly, yeah. if that's the way you want to do it. So I think three is, the, is we're finding is the ceiling or the, the, the floor. That's as low as we can go mm -hmm. to provide a fair scenario. And then having two fours, obviously the, the two four missions are really popular, so it's no big deal. Having two fives, I think, is also going to be really popular, um, especially one where there, there are set objectives. The other one, players place most of them. It's, it's kind of a, a similar dynamic to the two four uh, objective scenarios we have where players place uh, half of them in one and none of them in the other. So um, I think that that's going to work out really well, and so far the feedback we've gotten is very positive. So that's what we're looking at for that. Um, most popular secondary missions, 90.2% of, of you all said that uh, old school was uh, good, mm -hmm. that uh, you felt that it was good, it didn't need any changes. That's almost everybody. Uh, and You can't argue with those. Nah, it's familiar. It's, that's what we used yeah. to play with. So. And, it, and the, the good thing about old school is that <clears throat> pretty much, you can pretty much always get it. Yeah. Right? Regardless of what, how your opponent tweaked their list, mm -hmm. um, it, it's totally doable to get old school. And it's just what people know, right? So it makes sense that that's the most popular secondary. The next most popular secondary, 85.7% of respondents said that they liked recon, didn't feel it needed any changes. Uh, recon is, is I, I think almost everybody picks recon almost every time. It's an um, easy one to get. It's an easy one to get, yeah. but I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I like having one that's relatively straightforward. Interestingly, like a lot of times you don't get all four recon points. So interestingly, like you start to run out of assets to go and grab them. Right. But you feel like you can always get it. And mm -hmm. it does, again, it does not matter what your opponent brought. It's pretty much, it's something that's almost always achievable. Yeah. Uh, and then 78.9% uh, of respondents said that they liked Headhunter, didn't feel like it needed to change. No, that's and an easy one to get too. Most people will bring something big. Well, characters. Yeah. Headhunter's like, characters. You see a lot of that though. Yep. You see a lot of well, every high army wound has to have character characters. demons or tyranids and all that kind of stuff. So I can't think of, I guess if you ran all super heavy army, it's possible to have no characters, but for well, the that, most that part. That would give you good points for that. Right. Right. So if you're like pure Astra Militarum or something like that, Space Marines. Not that many, but still. At I, a tournament, you're likely going to be going against people with big heavy hitters. Yeah, and you're going to see, like, almost everyone's going to have four-plus characters, right? It's really right. common. Right. So then going to the other side of it, the least popular secondary missions. Oh, I was talking about a different one. Yeah, you were. I was talking about the, the two game. wounds per... That's Kingslayer. Kingslayer. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, Kingslayer yeah. was pretty popular, actually. 76.4% yeah. uh, of respondents said that they thought Gangbusters was the least... Uh, enjoyable or that needed the most work. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's it, the way it's written right now. It, it actually it has unintended consequences. So I agree. The idea, I believe, is sound, but the way it's being done right now is bad, and we'll fix that one. Uh, Sixty-four point six percent of respondents said that they felt uh, death by a thousand cuts needed to be improved. Yeah. Even I, though I, I agree, I picked that one a lot, but I think I'm one of the few people. I agree, but I also take advantage of it. Yeah. By putting a, a mortar squad in every one of my... Death by a thousand cuts is kill three units. Dang it. What am I thinking of? The Reaper, which is the next one. That's the one I'm thinking about. Yep. So, and then the Reaper was actually, should be second uh, most least popular, excuse me, uh, was the Reaper. Mm -hmm. And 67.3% of respondents said that they thought the Reaper could be improved. Um, and that is uh, for a, a unit with 10 models or 20 models. And Why? people get annoyed because you Why can is, put in a mortar um, team or whatever. Why Death by a thousand cuts so... Um, unpopular. I don't know why it's so unpopular. The like in talking to people mm -hmm. and some of the feedback that we got on the, the sheet was that uh, people felt like it was too hard to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, even though when we changed it to that for every three units you killed in a turn you could get a point, mm -hmm. people still felt like it was too difficult to achieve this and get four points. Right. Right. Um, so what I think. We'll do on that, and uh, we're still batting around ideas, is that we'll change it for every three units you kill, period. Mm -hmm. You get a point. Like and we, overall through the game. We might change it to four. We're batting right. it around. Because the only problem with four, then, is that they have to have at least 16 units, which not very many armies do, and then you basically have to table them. Yeah. So we're, we're batting around ideas mm -hmm. on that. Feel free to give us your feedback. There's still a lot of good reasons to take I, for to choose Death by a Thousand Cuts. Like, you go against, like, a Drukhari army that has, like, a bunch of Venoms and, and five-man warrior it. units. Yeah. And there's a lot of those armies that are just, they have a ton of tiny little units. You know, I, I, that's my opinion, but... I, I agree, and, and I yeah. take it a lot, yeah. um, and I don't always max it out, but like a lot of times that's okay, because a lot of people get hung up on the fact that, oh, I can't max it out. Mm -hmm. You don't always need to. You just need to get one more point than your opponent, right? <laughs> right, like that's the only thing that really is Right, when you relevant. go camping, you don't have to be the fastest person, you just got to be faster than at least one other guy. Yeah, you just can't be the slowest. Right, 
Yep. So and then the bear can eat, you know. That's all you need, just a little bit faster. One. You don't need to be 100% faster. And then the Reaper, uh, basically the general feedback about the Reaper is that people like the concept of giving you a tool to combat hordes. They just don't <clears> like the way it's executed uh, right. because people are like, oh, it changes the way people write their lists. Which is know. true. Which is true. I do it. I, I, again, I don't think it's a big deal at all. Mm -hmm. When people give up the Reaper, they give it up by a mile mm -hmm. in most cases, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm obviously in the minority. Mm -hmm. uh, my instincts were wrong right. on this one, and we'll, we're going to alter this. Right. But again, there's, no, <clears throat> there's nobody telling you you have to take the Reaper. Nope. You know, there's nobody telling you you have to take Death 5000 Cuts or Gangbusters. If you don't like them, take Old School and two other things. You know, there's, I just, I understand that we asked specifically, like, what do you not like? But I really never understood anyone's complaints. There's so many secondary missions and there's going to be a match. And you know what? If there's two matches and you don't have a third, you pick Old School. That's what Old School, old school is in there. Right. Old School Recon behind enemy lines are there just to, right. you could always, no matter what. But people were saying they don't like the way the, the missions influence the way people write their lists. I get the Reaper one. Which if are, people are, are saying, you know, I, I would not do this normally, but I'm going to change it to game the system. I don't like that kind of behavior anyways, so even though I do it. I know, we all do it, because it's the gamer's game. To be fair, I, I, play, I'll, I put heavy weapon squads in all my infantry squads anyways. I did it anyway also, just because yeah. it's good. And I was actually confused when somebody told me it only counted for nine models. Yeah. So. Which, you know, and fair enough, right? The reason that we did it the way we did was because in playtesting, we found it really difficult to keep track. Because originally it was for every 20 models you kill, you get a point. But we were like, it's hard to keep track it was so hard to keep track of it. We were like, this <clears> is so annoying. Like, nobody's yeah. going to want to do this. But then someone had the very bright idea that I hadn't thought of was like, at the end of the game, subtract the models on the table from the total number of models in the list. Bingo, bango, it's done. Mm -hmm. The only problem with that is that you don't have a turn by turn score. Do you think if you increase the Reaper to like units of 20, which is harder to actually achieve, like to game that? Because a lot of things come in a unit of. Like, you know, basically, like, have a, or, or make it, like, above 15. Because, like, people will take units of 20 of cultists or But then conscripts. people would just take 14 or whatever. So they it's, could. like, I think that the, the only way to do it, to keep it fair, is to either junk it mm -hmm. or put in, like, for every 20 models yeah. that you kill. It's very similar to um, Death by a Thousand Cuts. It, it, it is to a degree. Um, or killing something gets you the points. I mean, well, that's the thing we've discussed ad nauseum, right? Like, there's only two things you can do in a miniatures game. Mm -hmm. It's stand somewhere, destroy yeah. something. I That's like, literally all there is. Anything else is a, uh, is it some sort of a spin on mm -hmm. that basic concept, inverting it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't let your opponent stand somewhere. Don't let your opponent kill something. Yeah. But that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. So in a miniatures game, you're really working around those limitations of, uh, in a miniatures game like this, where the objective is to, to simulate a battle, it's like you. It's either kill something or stand somewhere. That's those are the two victory. Why conditions. don't we put in a non wargaming secondary? Like, like promote physical fitness. So <laughs> if you can do fifteen push-ups at the end of the round, fully down, full extension mm. down to your chest, you get a point. What about what if somebody's handicapped? You don't pick that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Touche. Right. Touche. Uh, we're joking, of course. That's not going to be in there, but. Uh, so, th so that, like, that is... like, did you make your bed this morning? Okay, well, then everyone gets that one. He's like, I have to take a picture of it. Mm -hmm. Just get a stock image from the internet. Did you put on deodorant today? Mm. What if it's a conservative? Just like a nice, like, a nice healthy... Deodorant? Did you eat your vegetables last night? Ooh. There you go. Uh, one of the other ones that we're going to add in based on popular feedback, we're putting in another secondary, which is going to be um, for every objective you hold at the end of the game, you get a point. Because people were asking for more end-of-game um, objectives and more secondaries that revolve around board control as opposed to destroying yeah. enemy units. Easy. <clears throat> Everyone, we've thrown the idea out to and then just trying it out. It works really well. I like that. Really At well. the absolute end of the game. On the last of just turn, getting that one On the point, last turn of the game. It's like, do you actually have board control? Yeah. You get it. That's an additional bonus. Because it means a lot more to actually have board control. Let's say you have three objectives. It shouldn't be count. Like if, oh, I just have more, but I have one and you have none, you know? Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really popular. Uh, everyone we bounce the idea off of has been really receptive to it, and in just in trying it out, it works. It's easy. It works well. The only fly in the ointment is this, the three objective scenario. So what we're talking about doing is either leaving it as it is, and then saying, "Hey, if you take this on that mission, you're only ever going to get three points," or saying for that scenario specifically, if you hold all three, you get four points. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's too swingy. We need to try it out some more, but that's where we're at with that. 
Uh, one of the other points of feedback that was really a common thread <coughs> throughout all of it was people were saying they don't like it, that you can stack multiple objectives on the same uh, unit, the example that's been really prevalent, and I, I agree as a mistake, was uh, like a Lehman Rust tank commander can give up like 10 points, right. which is silly, right? And that's why you don't see them that much, and they're actually really good. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing is we're going to alter... We're going to alter the objectives so that they don't they don't overlap as much. Yeah. Um, well, we want to also promote diversity within lists. Yes. That's the worst yeah. thing that can happen is when you start having people take the exact same list just because of a certain rule set. And we yeah. saw that with normal Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it, like you, you really want to encourage diversity. Like that's yeah. one of the most it's awesome fun. things about the game is seeing yeah. all the different armies. I want to see like five different guard armies instead of seeing the exact same thing. Wait, we actually do get a lot of diversity in guard. You know what the army that has the least diversity, but that from the data that we have is Eldar. Everybody plays mm. a lay talk. Yeah. Every, like it's 15 <clears throat> to one. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with guard, you actually get, um, it, it's mostly Cadian followed by Catachan, but then yeah. you, you actually do see like a reasonable amount of like Valhalla, right. Talarn. Well, I mean more like diversity in models being yeah. got. Like you want to, you want to don't. So in seventh edition, it got to the point where you didn't even have to look at somebody's list. You just be like, oh, my next opponent or is fifth. an Eldar player. And fifth you would edition, know, you knew what the list they were. You would know playing. exactly what that person was going to bring at a turn yeah. because everyone did, and they had to to compete. So I do like in eighth edition. There's a lot of diversity, and we don't want to like. Pigeonholes. Like, you don't, okay, want, to you, you don't want to take this unit ever when you go to an ITC event because that's not what we want to see. Exactly. You know? And the, the, the whole point here with the secondaries being the way that they are is to give people a tool, a means to combat very powerful <clears throat> things in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Character spam. The Zinch uh, smite spam army is mega popular right now. It's, it's really annoying. Mm -hmm. uh, they have 10 characters, so it's like, hey, take Headhunter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 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 the true Horde army is really good in this edition. can be frustrating to play against. Take uh, uh, the Reaper, that's what it was for. Uh, MSU, quite good. Death by a Thousand Cuts is supposed to give you mm -hmm. a counter there. The you know quasi-Death Stars, even though we don't have any real Death Stars this edition, we have things that are kind of like it. A big unit of Bullgrin. The Bullgrin. A big unit of, um, of uh, Plague Drones. Mm -hmm. uh, Gangbusters, that's what that was aimed at. There's some mega <laughs> powerful characters in the game like Magnus and uh, Mortarian mm -hmm. and Guillemin. Uh, and that's, you know, Kingslayer yeah. or uh, Celestine, right? Yeah. And that's where these, they're meant to give you a tool right. so that if you can take those, those really strong units mm -hmm. out of play, you get a reward for it. Grey Knight um, Terminator spam. This cuts. It's the jackasses that take that. You should you get automatically get four points if you take. You just win the tournament. A ten-man Grey Knight Terminator unit. You'd see a lot of them if you did that. Mm. Actually, after Dawn was whooping on people with ten Blight Lord Terminators. There's no other Termin Terminators as good as that though. They are don't probably that, the best. That costs more. Like I was looking yeah. at Paladins, three wounds, right? Great, but like that, a five-man unit is like. Over 500 points. No, we're not 100 points each. Oh, no, no, sorry. I was thinking of uh, five, it's 560 points for 10. Yeah. And that's about what it is for the Blight Lord Terminators, too. Yeah. They're, they're, no, they're like 460 or something right. like that. They just don't have the survivability of. Yeah. Like I mean, even the third wound is nothing compared to T5 mm -hmm. and Feel No Pain right. and a four up in vulnerable right. save. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, just like me, I, I went and opened the book. I'm like, what? I started looking it? at Terminators. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone did it, right? But I think it's you're like, I think please, it's great. please, God, make them good. But then again, Gangbusters gives you a tool to fight against that unit of Terminators. That yeah. is, he said they killed 34 units throughout the course of the BAO. Wow. Uh, there you go. That's, and that's what those secondaries are for. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for all the feedback. We're going to continue to fine tune them. And we're going to get uh, the new updated mid-season missions out um, this week. Nice. Uh, before Monday. Uh, at the latest, but um, my goal is to get everything out and done before the end of the week. So uh, keep your eye open for that. Thank you for participating and helping to uh, make the ITC the event and the format that you want it to be. All right, we have a ton of events coming up this weekend, including a GT, the Hammer of Wrath GT. That's nice. up at Game Empire Pasadena. I'm going to go. Uh, Frankie is going. I believe Pablo is going, and yeah. Jason's thinking about it. I can't make it, unfortunately. Okay. So uh, if you're there, come say hello. We're going to be out playing. I got a brand new list I've been playing. It's a lot of fun. We'll see if I don't get my butt kicked. Uh, hopefully I don't. Yeah. But uh, it's a fun army. Uh, and then there's a major, uh, Warzone Gigabytes 2018 at uh, Gigabytes Tabletop Gaming Cafe in Mar uh, Marietta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought they were in Atlanta, but maybe that's like a, right next to Atlanta. So check those out. Get your points. We also have quite a few Age of Sigmar events coming up uh, this month all over the place. So make sure to go out there, get your points. Mm -hmm. 
Your current 40K ITC top 10, uh, Matt Root continues to lead the pack, although Nick Nonavati has moved into second place with their uh, performance at the ATC. Mm-hmm. Displacing Josh Death, who's bumped down into third, and then likewise pushing Jeff Robinson down into fourth. Nick Gower moves into fifth. And I do want to give him a shout-out. Don Hoosen's moved up he into sixth. boosted up, yeah. That was a big score. Right winning now, B, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, even seventh, they're all it's really, really close, close within two, three points of each. The crazy thing is, though, is that the LVO, mm-hmm. because it's so big this year, mm-hmm. is going to generate such a massive score mm-hmm. that you're if you have four scores and you've done reasonably well, mm-hmm. you could still win the entire ITC. If you come into LVO and do really well, if and you the win, people who are in the top win 10 the LVO. do not as well. I mean, or, do very, or don't even attend, as some of these people, I think, are, we know they're not going to come. Well, I mean, these guys, most of these guys are coming and playing. Yeah. Jeff can't, unfortunately. But uh, mm. it's, it's going to be a really exciting finish because there's just massive. I mean, if you just show up mm-hmm. to the LVO, you're going to get a huge score. Nice. Just for showing up because the player multiplier is so massive. Do I get points for just being in the area? Um, we'll give you spiritual points. Okay. We'll give you tender points. I'll take 10 points. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, 40K ITC Hobby Track, we have Jeffrey Merrick moves into first place, followed by Nick Gower, Lou Rollins in third, Antonio Cedeno in fourth, and Mike Ginoni has moved into fifth. Uh, Age of Sigmar, top 10, Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack, followed by local boy James Thomas, Matthew Jones in third, Josh Harvey moves into fourth, Stephen Heitchie moves into fifth. So the next big one there would be at Nova? Uh, Nova is going to be a big one. Okay. And then uh, SoCal Open. Um, I, I should be a major. I'll be surprised if it's not, but mm-hmm. it'll be at least a GT. And for everybody um, that plays Age of Sigmar and the ITC, mm-hmm. we did change the parameters for what qualifies as a GT or a major. Mm-hmm. A GT is 20, a major is 40. Yeah. Uh, we lowered the, 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 the um, standard uh, to make it easier to hit those, yeah. to get those events. Still a, new, a newish game. Yeah, it's only Two a couple years old. Age yeah. uh, of Sigmar, ITC hobby track. Legit Sidhu continues to lead the pack, followed by Philip Ferduzco. Frank Deloach in third, Scott Reed in fourth, and Josh Harvey in fifth. Shadespire, current top five. We have Mike Course in first, followed by Matt Everhart, Brandon Ulick in third, Andrew Everhart in fourth, and Josue Ibarra in fifth. Again, I'm, I'm assuming Nova will also have yeah. a, a nice big Shadespire yep. event, so, and yeah, then so we should see some movement. SoCal as well. Okay. SoCal open as well. And now we've got some lovely models mm. painted by the FLG Paint Studio. Yeah, these look great. I really like these uh, Dark Eldar, the flyer. And this is super customized. If you actually zoom in to the, um, the flyer, the canopy, you'll notice that there are Skaven piloting him. I didn't notice that. The whole, his whole Dark Eldar army is Skaven, is old Ratman. That's amazing. Yeah, so some of the crews uh, <clears throat> had that, like had them on there. Um, but yeah, that was pretty funny. So this is super, super customized. Oh, I see it now. Um, the guy had a lot of freehand added to it. Uh, it was painted to match a previous scheme as well, which we can do. Custom Tabletop bases. Plus, custom bases that were also painted. Um, just overall, a fantastic. And it was huge. This is just a couple pictures of it. Um, it was like 12 Dark Eldar vehicles. There was a Tantalus. That's awesome. Also, um, so yeah, that was a fun one. The, the artist really went to town. That we, we have a guy, this artist does a very good job with the airbrush, and you can tell by looking at it. No, this is great work. Nice, clean canopies, which is hard to get when you're doing stuff like this. With the crew and the cockpit mm-hmm. painted, which is the way I do mine, yeah. personally do mine. Yeah, so fantastic. Uh, we have some salamanders, uh, terminators. Uh, these are Forge World-specific uh, 30K ones. Uh, these are a tabletop standard. So clean base coat. I'd say this client probably got a bit more, which we say it a lot when it you happens. go with us. Well, you know what sometimes I, you know put what I've more always, into it. You know what I've always found is that if you get a tabletop or tournament standard mm-hmm. commission, but you get level three basing, it makes it look so much yeah. better. And level three constitutes basically any kind of advanced basing. So if it's something that's textured that needs to be painted, um, custom bases we would classify as level three. Most things that we do are level two, which is uh, a couple of materials like yeah. sand, snow. But you'd always you know, go level one and save money. But which is just dirt. Which is just good. dirt or Dry grass rush. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it still looks good. Uh, and then we've got a Catachan commission. I really love it. It's the traditional Catachan Traditional, scheme. love it. Uh, this is a tabletop standard with level three basing. And again, the level three basing makes it look so much nicer because tabletop is our mid-level, mm-hmm. affordable. The characters are tabletop plus. Yeah. So the, the zoom-in picture, there's, there's a lot of layer on the flesh tones. Um, all the details are, are picked out and painted, which is something that we get with tabletop plus. Tabletop, you wouldn't have as much advanced highlighting. Every single detail, like every little uh, like nut and bolt on the bolters wouldn't be painted like they are on here, but it would still look very good. 
And, and, and again, it's so, affordable. Very affordable. Yep. So let's jump over and answer some les questions. Les que oh, we're French now, huh? Uh, duh. Chat's salty. From who? Chat's oh, a little salty. RBD, one of a kind. People are... Uh... Well, I love the salt. Hey, there's Don. You know what? And then the challenge... The challenge for next episode to see if I can finally get my mustache to look straight on. Mm, yeah, it just it does look crooked on. I there. trimmed it up this morning and I was like, okay, today it's gonna look sh straight. Look at this. If you watch the progression, this is week three of the beard, guys. Look at this. Just mmm. Sorry. Uh, uh, Don, well, I'm not tipping my hat before. Uh, okay, in the Invitational, everyone has to submit all their factions and then they're revealed at the same time. So I'm waiting until then because who's going to plan their list around me? Nobody, but that's fine. <laughs> the underdog. Well, it's cool because in the Invitational, there's 32 players. Obviously, they're all invited. Mm -hmm. And then uh, five uh, expert um, experts from around the country seed them. And it's like in CAA, you know, uh, your, your path to victory is laid out in front of you. So yeah. that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then this year, you know, I'm, I'm, playing, I'm doing something different this year. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don the Magnificent says he thinks a good way to fix 40K, although I don't think it needs fixing. It's as popular as it's ever been. But a way to improve it, in his perspective, is to try and uh, alter the way uh, CP regeneration works. Don, I agree with you. Um, mm -hmm. I think that some, the fact that some factions get crazy amount of CP regeneration, some get none, yeah. is pretty inherently and obviously unfair, and I'd like to see that change. Uh, CW Dub... Uh, he's saying thank you for regenerating or addressing some of the issues with uh, Flyrance Pask. Uh, overlaying ITC secondaries, making it pretty punishing to take those models. Yeah, we're going to fix all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what these guys are arguing. And then some guys are arguing amongst themselves, which is pretty normal, or discussing, debating. Mm -hmm. uh, what about Wolves, Orcs, and Gene Sealer Codex, YSGW? Flat out isolating these players? That isolating them? What are you talking about? They've Still 2018. Announced, they've announced that those codexes are on the way. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. By I, the I'm, end of the year, you will have your codex. I'm, I'm sorry that you don't, um, um, that you haven't had your codex yet, but they've already announced that it's coming. It means they're making them extra special. Yeah, that they'll be, be great. Yeah. They'll be great. Um, yeah, so just hang tight, and uh, you will get uh, you will get your codex here in the near future, but you're not being isolated. Yeah. I don't, I think that's a bit a bit of an overreaction. Um, hyperbole. Every Lord of War in your army should be minus one to your roll off, says Deviant Duck. I don't know about that. I think that's another uh, slight overreaction. Besides, mm -hmm. hey, I had the plus one to go first in my last seven games, and I have lost the roll to go first. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how much it helps me personally. Uh, Ghost Valley. Tuned Warriors are good. I don't know why people think. Warriors and Kill Team. Oh, okay. Uh, Tuna Warriors also, don't suck in 40K, though. They're, they're actually really good. Really good. Yeah. I, I am surprised more people don't take them, frankly. Uh, they're very, very points efficient. They're, they're a solid unit. Mm -hmm. All right, so basically, chat's just debating amongst themselves random stuff. Uh, Be patient. How many months <clears throat> do we have? We have four months left in the year. I, I mean, Plenty of time. Everybody, everybody wants their stuff as soon as possible, right? But that's just not the The one the thing that is a mystery to me and, uh, is that... Um, the gray or the the space wolf imperial knight character that we just never heard of him yet. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's on the way. Yeah, the knight preceptor is yeah. was really good. Right. CW uh, Reaper would be easier to track if it was just per troop slot killed mm. rather than tracking models killed. See, choices. that's but that uh, that would be easier to track. However, that goes that's totally the opposite of what it's trying to do. The mission is trying to give you a tool against hordes, not against somebody with six yeah. units of five scouts. Inari Codex. They should actually come up with a codex that just says there's no more Inari. <laughs> yeah. That, I, the tears, the rage would just be... Dude. Oof. Mm. The Inari's core Out of a whole thing of popcorn just, just is not... No. Act again. It was made for a real... For some reason. I, don't, I, I really, really do not Somebody like... I like the Inari as a, from the fluff point perspective, from the, from the fluff point of view, but power from pain... or. Um, I can't remember what the hell it's called right now. Uh, that being able to act again is just in a game where you have a limited amount of actions. It's just like way too strong. Um, Jason, what's your sign? Asks Don the Magnificent. And then Mariana said a stop sign. A stop. <laughs> Nicely played. I'm going to leave it there. Nicely played. Leave it there. 
Uh, never mind, Jamba is still upset that his codex isn't out yet. And uh, again, it, I don't know. Um, they have their, their reasons for doing so. It's usually revolved around business. They had other things they needed to release. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry that... Uh, never mind, Jamba. It's true. They are coming soon. They are coming soon. Yeah. Time is relevant. I think didn't they, they said it was before the end of the year, right? Time, so, is, time doesn't actually mean it's just a concept. It could uh, be yesterday, now. Yeah. The codex could already be out. You just don't even know it yet. NAR147, do you expect to see Magnus or Mortarian at more at Nova? Um, I don't, we see them a ton. All in, like at the ATC, they were everywhere. I saw Magnus and Mortarian on almost every single team. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a, there a ton of them at the BAO. At SoCal, they were on the top table, both of them, <laughs> on the same, in the same army. So um, I don't know uh, if there are going to be more of them. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't think Nova's... I don't know if the, the two L's that they use are big enough to block Magnus. They might be big enough to block Morty because his wings go more parallel to the ground, whereas Magnus's are more up in the air. Um, I'm not sure. We'll see. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Uh, I know right now the, the really popular Chaos lists are uh, either uh, Nurgle Demons or Zinch Demons with a ton of uh, Zinch Sorcerers. That's kind of like the hot flavor of the month right now. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. People still talking about that. Codexes. <clears throat> Uh, Magnus and Morty are really popular in singles events, too. Uh, I know RVD, one of a kind, you bang that drum so hard, always talking about how they're not playable and all this stuff, but I, they were both were on the top table at the SoCal Open. They're still really good. Yeah. Just really bad players are using them. No. <laughs> they're really good. Um, they, I mean, they do suffer from the fact with any yeah. expensive model, if you go second... And your opponent has the ability to smoke them on turn one. That's a big risk, but, I mean, it's right. the same with Challenge for Don the Magnificent. Next tournament, take both Magnus and Mortarian and enlist and win. Yeah. I mean, one of a kind, you've said it, like, a million times. You, you like, bring it up every single podcast. It's okay. It's all good. We still we love having you around, buddy. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I've lost about three pounds of water weight from sweating. You can't see it, but my back, my shirt is just uh, black. I, I'm dripping. It's just disgusting. And then again, mission, can it be done? See if I can get this damn mustache I think you should trim straight. it a little shorter on both sides. I don't want like a pencil mustache, though. That no, looks no, silly. No, 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 just both sides of it. Crop it off. Go for the Charlie Chaplin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It's time. It's been enough time. Oh, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Episode 604 of Signals from the Frontline here from hot San Diego, California. And we'll see you next week. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Reesius with a very special segment of Signals from the Frontline. Today, I'm on the phone with Doug. Doug is the head uh, TO for the 40K events uh, at the Siege World Grand Tournament. And this event is going down in St. Louis, Missouri, and that is occurring August 25th and 26th. Doug, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Reese. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Always happy to help spread the good word. So tell us a little bit about uh, Siege World. What, what kind of event is this? So Siege World has actually been going on for quite a long time. Uh, this is going to be the 14th year, but we've only started doing uh, a grand tournament for 40K uh, the past three years, um, before it was strictly an apocalypse event. And uh, actually, several years ago, it was the record holder for the largest apocalypse event until, uh, I believe, the Wesley Anderson guys, yeah, they had a, a bigger one. But, um, like, we used to play on the floor, and, you know, we'd rent out huge conference rooms and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the community just said they, they wanted to do more. So uh, the past three years, we've been having a, a uh, tournament, and uh, – Last year we hit major status, so we are just looking to grow and uh, hopefully rival, you know, some of the some of the bigger events on the coast. You know, uh, the Midwesterners don't have a lot of options if if you don't want to travel, and uh, you know we're we're trying with with some of the other Midwest tos to just get you know some some presence out here in the middle of the country. Oh, I think that's that's awesome. So. Congratulations on hitting uh, major status. What what is your anticipated attendance this year? So, um, I put in spaces in uh, BCP for a hundred. I think that might be a little uh, unrealistic, but uh, last year, literally like two weeks before, we had like twenty five extra people show up. So, 
we have about 60 signed up right now and we're three weeks out. So, um, or at the time of, at the time of taping, I guess we're three weeks out. So, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like once you hit that major status, it really starts to uh, take on a life of its own because people know that they can come and get that fifth score that they need to max out their, their ITC points. So I think that's great. And as you mentioned off, uh, off air, it's like smack dab in the middle of the United States of America. So uh, it's pretty easy to get to um, for most people uh, where you're located. Um, I think that that's great. Uh, you had also mentioned that there's going to be a, a pretty cool social event going on the Friday before the event starts. Yeah. So um, the tournament starts um, and actually, so Siege World has several events going on. There's, you know, there's a huge apocalypse game. Um, we're going to have Age of Sigmar. Uh, we have a couple of vendors and everything, but we're also, for the first time, uh, we're teaming up with another uh, shop in the area called Moonbase Market, and they're located in downtown or near downtown St. Louis in a in a town called Soulard, and uh, they have like one of the coolest setups. Um, their building is in just like one of these really old uh, build. A lot of the buildings in downtown St. Louis are really old, and uh, they're in one of these old buildings, and they've got a bar attached as well as like a big gaming space, and they have a big stage area. Um, they also have an upstairs where they do like magic tournaments and stuff, but, uh, they're going to open up their, their floor for us on Friday night. And then the bar is going to be open and we're just going to have a night joust and basically have a big social event for everybody to do kind of a meet and greet before the big event. I think that's a great idea. Um, we used to do that in the early days of the BAO, uh, when we were trying to get the wheels turning, uh, we would always have a social event before, just to introduce people to each other and it really helps to build community and to um, uh, kind of to get the, get the wheels turning, get some momentum going with, with your local community. So that sounds like a blast. Uh, and what a cool setup. Uh, well, and, and, and you know, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. I mean, you and me both, you know, like, you know, back in the day, you'd go to the tournament, you'd show up the day of, you know, you'd play your games and then it'd be over and you just high five everybody and leave. And, and I think, Nowadays, you know, like you said, with the, even the BAO and uh, LVO, uh, SoCal Open, Adepticon, Nova, I mean, everything, there's just this greater sense of community, and we just want to keep that going and, and bring something like that to the Midwest as well. I think it's a, it's a great idea, you know, and it's like you ask any old-time tournament grognard like us, and the thing that keeps you coming back is the people. You know, you, you have friends that you make. And over the years, um, they become really special friendships. And that's why, that's why you keep returning to these events. It's not because you necessarily think you're going to win or um, anything to that effect. Although you hope you hope to win and you do your best. You try. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm beyond hope at this point. I, <laughs> I, I know I'm not going to win. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it's, it, that's how we became friends is that we, we were – buddies on on daka daka and then we went and played on the adepticon team tournament and that was like 13 years ago or something crazy like oh yeah no it's ridiculous and and i remember you know it i remember we just talked on on daka and, and everybody's like oh yeah we're gonna do this and then and then you were like i'm gonna start a game store and i'm like yeah sure you are buddy <laughs> that's that's what everybody says yeah, I know. It's funny how things work out, but, uh, and I, like we always tell people like the BAO is what started everything that, that is frontline gaming. It's, we decided to put our money where our mouth was and, and run an event and, and then just kind of kept going from there. So you never know where these things can lead and Siege World started out as a, somebody's playing apocalypse and, and look where it's at now. You know, you've, uh, got people coming in from all around the, the area and you're organizing all these fun social events. So I, oh, I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah, no, you are absolutely right. I mean, you know, we, we've come a long way and, uh, you know, we just, we just want to get the word out there and, uh, make it even bigger. And, uh, you know, maybe one day have, I don't know, just like some sort of, uh, pros. I mean, I, I don't want to say pro circuit, but just have like a really glitzy, glammy event, you know, where like, it's just, it's more, it's like a destination spot. You know what I'm saying? Well, St. Louis is a, you know, that's a, that's a big city. There's a lot to, to see and do. And I think you could definitely draw some people in because um, half the fun to traveling to a tournament is, is going to see a new city. 
Um, there's places I've ne never would have been if it hadn't been for 40K. And uh, I've never been to St. Louis. So I think there's a lot of people out there like me that, that that'd be really cool to go check out a different part of the country that they maybe never would have uh, gone to um, without a motivating reason like uh, an event um, to go and check it out with your friends and, and, and take in some new culture. Right. And, you, you know, that's that's a good point that you bring up there. And, and you know, I've I've been in multiple different clubs. I, I'm in a car club. You know, I'm, I'm also in this gaming club. And, you know, like some of the some of the best trips that I've ever had have been going to different events, you know, road trips with friends or even even just like a, um, you know, airline flight or, or whatever. Just going to different places with different people is just it's some of the coolest things that you can do. Yeah, and, you know, we, we, we just want to bring that, you know, that energy. I, I totally get it because it's, it's a blast, man. Like you get to go hang out with your buddies. You get to forget about work or, or maybe family for a little bit, get a little break uh, and go have some fun. So where can people find out more about uh, the event and where can they get some tickets if they're inclined to do so? So um, we have a website, uh, www gateway gamerscom and that goes directly to the Siege World um, splash page, which has all the Siege World event information. Um, the club that hosts it, we're the Gateway Gamers, and you know, so that's why. It, but the, you know, the website goes straight to Siege World. That's pretty much all we use it for. Um, you can buy tickets on the website, or you can go to the Best Coast Pairings app and also buy tickets. Um, if either way you do it, we will get it and we'll get your money and we'll figure it out. So, um, don't, don't hesitate or don't, you know, don't think like, oh man, they don't know. Like, no, if we got your money, we'll, we, we got you in there. Yeah. You'll be taken care of. Right. That's awesome, buddy. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Wish you the best of success with the event. It's coming up pretty quick. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about going, uh, don't hesitate, run out there, grab that ticket, secure your spot and uh, get those, uh, get those ITC points. Uh, Doug, thank you. It's a pleasure speaking to you as always, buddy. Thanks a lot, Reese. I appreciate you giving me a chance to uh, pimp the event. Yeah, of course, man. Happy to help. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. Thanks, man.